testing, testing. Dang, are we That live? was a rhetorical question, right? Define rhetorical. Well, to do that, you need to go to the root of the word, and then you would have to... Bruh, we don't have time for this. The show is rolling. You're right. Let me grab my notes really fast. Nope. What are we in school? Well, I just... I wanted to come prepared. And prepared you are. You're here, aren't you? Now, without further ado... First the testing, testing, and now this whole adieu thing? Man, you are trying too hard. Clichés just make this show boring. Lighten the mood, man. Look who's talking, Mr. Notes Guy. Enough! Let's forget this ever happened. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Um, did I just hear another cliche? You heard what you heard. The audience is still hearing us banter. Let's move it on. You're gonna have to spit out that gum. Okay, be right back. You keep them busy. Okay. I'll just keep talking to myself. Dude, I don't know where the trash can is. Where's the trash can? I literally have no idea. Ah, the last time I was in yours when I committed that murder. I'm just gonna spit it in this weird canes box. There's ketchup in there. And now, chewed up gum. Hello, and welcome to the Cinemaniacs Podcast. I'm Lewis. And I'm Aiden. The Cinemaniacs Podcast is a show about our love of the silver screen. I just love it so much. Each week, we get together and talk about a wide range of movies and movie-related topics. So, grab some popcorn, find a seat in the upper middle aisle, and... Don't forget the Dr. Pepper. Refreshments are the most important part of any movie. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Welcome back. How was your week? Oh, you were asking me. Oh, yeah, I was asking I you. you were yeah. asking our Oh, no, millions. I was asking you, yeah, our, oh. our millions of fans. <laughs> our millions. How was your week, Lewis? Our week was, I mean, my week. Sorry. My week. The plural, was... the, the royal we. <laughs> <laughs> my week. It's great. I think the um, high of it was watching the movie for oh, of this course. week. Of course. Um, if you hadn't already read the title, we're not going to tell you yet. You're very welcome. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's great. My week was uh, kind of dull. Not I didn't a lot. ask. Oh, well. How was your week? <laughs> My week was, well, kind of dull. Highlight of it was definitely watching this movie. Um, and also watching our last episode do really well. Um, it was yeah. cool to be able to watch. So really shout out to you guys for, you know, supporting us, helping us. Um, Already. First yeah. episode did great. It did really well. So keep up the good work, guys. Um, keep spreading the word. We forgot to mention, I think one of my other favorite highs this week was seeing that we got someone to send in a email. We did. We question. got our very first email, um, which is so cool. Guys, definitely email us in. Uh, cinemaniacspodcast at gmail.com. It's cinemaniacs because Aiden here spelled it wrong. <laughs> I cannot it's spell. C-I-N-E-M-A-N-A-I-C-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at G-M-A-N-A-I-C-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at G-M-A-N-A-I-C-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at G-M-A-N-A-I-C-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at G-M-A-N-A-
C-O-M. Thank you for that. You're very welcome. You got like 30 points in the spelling bee. <laughs> well, I messed up there on that. <laughs> you did. It was Gino. like, ah. Oh. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, we will cut that in the edit. We will, uh, this will never be heard. Yeah. Not really. We're keeping this in for sure. <laughs> so shall we just jump right into the movie now? I guess. I mean, if you really I mean, want to. I mean, it's really worth it, you know. So, guys, if you can find out what uh, this little, um, uh, what are they called, anagram is, uh, RP1. If you can find out what RP1 means, so, is yeah, it an anagram? Uh, pause it and uh, leave your guess in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely don't read the title of this episode. We should be- just rename it something ridiculous. We should be like, oh, it's some foreign French film. <laughs> Beirut. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So this week we are talking about uh, Ready Player One. And why are we talking about Ready Player One this week? Well, we did Aiden's favorite movie in the first episode. So we're going to do my favorite movie. So also the book. right? So like Ready Player One is based off a book. Ready Player Two, the book, is coming out sometime soon. And so we decided to do this movie next uh, in yes. honor of that release of uh, the next movie or the next book yeah the next book comes out on um i'm trying to find it we did where we we did not get ready (laughs) we did Um, not do our research before this well sort of we did but i did not um okay uh i think oh it is november 24th everyone mark your calendars november 24th that is why we postponed our episode of inception to do a little episode on rp1 that's right um but now that i'm realizing oh wait never mind never mind it doesn't matter it doesn't matter uh i remember i watched this movie um i think last year uh i remember liking it i thought it was very cool um, we'll go into more detail in just a second. Very cool, really. Yeah. I, okay, that's the end of the episode. Thank you for tuning into the Cinemaniacs. Yeah, so I think our uh, my favorite uh, book actually was Ready Player One. Then when the movie came out, well, let's. I was not allowed to go see it in theaters, and here's why. So, IMDb, uh, it's a great source for checking whether the movie is very appropriate. We love IMDb. Yes, except. The review for Ready Player One, it was, like, a bunch of stuff that wasn't actually in the... Like, it was just a bunch of, like, stuff that they had said that made it sound so much worse than it actually was in the movie. So, guys, I, I, I'm going to defer to Common Sense Media on this one. Common Sense review was a lot better than IMDb on this one. And I know it's crazy, but Common Sense just won this movie. Also, we have the uh, summary here, so we'll read it after we dive into the actors and stuff. We will, and uh, as always, the summary will be on our website. Oh yeah, I need to update our Mega Mind for that. I, pff, I'm an idiot. I didn't, I didn't update it yet. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. We'll we'll get it done. We got this, guys. All right. So, Ready Player One. It came out in 2018. Uh, it's two hours and 20 minutes long. And Lewis, would you like to jump right into who's in it? Yeah. So we have a list of really great actors uh ty sheridan he is in some other movies uh i recently saw him in a trailer forgot what movie it was looked cool then we have olivia cook who's also in a lot of good movies let me just check on that real quick because i know she's i think more famous than uh i've definitely seen her in other stuff yeah olivia cook she's she sounds cool and she is cool and she played this like really um split personality kind of character not split personality but i i don't know what you would call it it was just a really good 
she just played a great role. Oh, so. she's an Ouija. What is Ouija? It's that movie about the Ouija board. Ouija board? Oh. Not Jumanji, though. I don't think she's in Jumanji. I could be wrong. No, she's not in Jumanji. I was saying that it was a that J- Jumanji had a Ouija board in it. Um, uh, I she's in nothing else that I've seen. Yeah, have you seen we a Ouija? No. Yeah, neither. But Sounds that's the of... only other movie that I that I know. Oh, okay. Well, back to the actors and the people. He also uh, Ben Mendelsohn is also in it. Ben Mendelsohn uh, is in quite a lot of other movies i think maybe i don't really know who that is either so let's check up on that we probably should have uh had this prepared before we jumped in you know that's a thought oh it's sorrento oh it's sorrento he has definitely been in a lot of other stuff yeah Um, i saw him in i recognized him fairly quickly last night oh he's in ready play or or he's in rogue one that's why in dark knight rises wait who does he play in dark knight rises that's crazy dag it dag it uh, that is crazy. Yeah, this guy is all around. He's so good. He's in Captain Marvel. No way. Who does he play? Talos. Who's that? Let us find out. <laughs> <laughs> if you know who Talos is, uh... give us a shout out. Oh, it was pod. probably it was probably one of the green guys. Probably one of the green guys. That's what they thought when they were making <laughs> Captain Marvel for the first time. <laughs> okay, back to the um, actors. That's all the really all spectacular the, actors. I, I also want to add TJ Miller is in this movie. He is known for like, oh, he's a lot of bit parts. He plays Robbie V from Gravity Falls. Oh, so that guy is actually he, pretty important. He plays um, Irock. Irock is so funny. Which I just now got the name Irock. You just now got that. R O C K. Like he, he rock. Uh, but it's not spelled that way because it's I R O K. Yeah. He's Fred from Big Hero 6. So, shall we talk about who directed this movie? Because it is a fairly, uh, like, well-known and important director in... Yes, guys. Director. I bet you could guess he does um, Indiana Jones, I think, right? Yes, mm-hmm. Indiana Jones. He does Back to the Future, correct? Am I right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I think he he's does done Future. Jurassic Park. Does Jurassic Park. Uh, uh, Close uh, Encounter of the Third Kind. Yes, he does that. He, uh... E.T. He does E.T., yes. He does Star Wars. I okay. think he does Star oh, he Wars. he does not do Star Wars, guys. Do not quote me on that. And he does Ready Player One. He does do Ready Player One. Yeah, he does not do Star Wars. I don't know why I was thinking that. He does Ready Player One. Yes, and it's just... Okay, <laughs> so, guys, if you didn't already put two and two together, Steven Spielberg, one of the greats. Woo! It's like a, it's like kind of a superhero name, like Clark Kent. Yeah, like Steven the, Spielberg. Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg. Rated R. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> so, uh, the writers of this movie were Zach Penn and Ernest Klein. Ernest Klein, who wrote the book. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, and he also changed the movie so much. That's so. That was one some, one thing I wanted to talk about. Is so, uh, my little brother read the book. He read Ready Player One, and then your little brother read Ready Player One. Oh, okay. It, well, Jack. Anyway. Oh, okay. So um, he read Ready Player One, and he was furious the entire time that they changed so much. And in fact, apparently the entire second challenge was changed. And the first challenge. Yeah. See? Even more. Um, <laughs> and the third – no, not the, not really the third challenge. The third challenge was So he, he spent the entire time very upset that they had changed it all. And so then I noticed that Ernest Klein had written the screenplay and the book, which was interesting to me. I didn't quite understand why – he wrote he like changed so much about the movie 
Yeah, I, I don't know, but it would be cool to figure that out. Again, we did not come prepared and why he did that, but I bet we could come up with some pretty uh, good guesses. Yeah. I, bet, so. I think uh, one way maybe to shorten the movie, so he does so much in the book to try to find out this different stuff. He visits a bunch of places he doesn't actually right. need to visit. And so maybe this was just like a... Like a shortening, um, like a con- condensing of the movie. Yeah, and it kept like kind of the same. It just kept the same like vibe slash plotline yeah. slash type thing. So it was it was heavy on the eighties nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. Like from the very start, Van Halen. <laughs> Van Halen starts the movie, and then yeah, which I thought was a great way to start. But we're let's before we get into that. So let's go to critical acclaim. Uh, this movie made a hundred. Or this movie's budget was one hundred seventy-five million dollars. It made uh, five hundred eighty-two million dollars back. It's pretty good. Which is really good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, IMBD, or yeah, IMBD gives it a uh, 7.5 stars, and um, Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 72%, which, you know, about the same oh, wow. as Megamind. Rotten Tomatoes literally rated it the exact same as they rated Megamind. That's kind of crazy. Um, but it's... I, I think, personally, that Ready Player One is better than Megamind, which you would definitely... We're about to get in a big, like, <laughs> wrestling match, so note for the audio, if there's a cut, it's because Lewis and I are uh, wrestling. There we go, that was the wrestling bit. <laughs> it was basically just me blowing into the mic, which set off Aiden's eardrums, which made him not be able to wrestle me, because he was now crying on the floor. Parallel, yeah. Crying is a generous term for what I was doing. <laughs> Openly weaving. Okay, so shall we get into the synopsis? Synopsis, guys. Are we just going to, like, trade off reading paragraphs or something? Sure. Oh, okay. Wait, how long is this synopsis? It's, it's not too long. long. Oh, wow. It's It'll be good. Long. That'll be a good time, because we can read fast and just talk about little bits and pieces. Oh, yeah. We can just, like, stop. And yeah, exactly. Anytime. Okay. okay, guys. It's called preparedness. We open in a place called The Stacks in Columbus, Ohio, which... The book was set in Oklahoma. Which is crazy. In the year 2045. Like we said, uh, I love that it starts with Van Halen. It like sort of it very much drags you right in. I also want to say that the set design of the stacks was incredible. I thought that was it was so cool. It was like it, it like immediately drew me into the world. And the low-income community is filled with a number of precariously stacked trailers and vehicles where Wade Watts lives with his aunt Alice and her boyfriend Rick, who I didn't understand the character of Rick very much. Yeah, because... Yeah. Like, yeah. I thought... I thought the acting in this was mostly pretty good. But I thought... I didn't love him as much. Yeah. With the real world in such an impoverished state... Yeah, I'm not doing the deep voice anymore. <laughs> and no one really caring to do anything about it, Wade finds himself, like millions of people, escaping into the Oasis, a virtual reality world where people can enter as avatars to play video games, entertain themselves, and seek pleasures they can't find so easily in the real world. We're not diving into that. Created by James Holloway and Ogden Morrow, the Gregari- of Gregarious Games, the Oasis is a place where only... Hmm... I can't read. <laughs> the Oasis is a place where one can do anything and be anyone or anything. However, like a video game, if if you accumulate stuff in the Oasis and your avatar dies, you end up losing everything. Wade's avatar in this world is named Parzival, and he frequently interacts with... What? H. That's how you spell H? I know. I was confused the first time, too. Okay. H, a huge muscular mechanic, as well as Samurai Daito and Fighter Show. Though he, although he's never met them in person. I want to pause right here and talk about one thing I noticed about this. I feel like a lot of the movie is a metaphor for like the Oasis being a covering for what is really underneath. 
Like, because yeah. we talk about how, like, he's never met them personally. Yeah, and the whole time he thinks H is, this, is like, a guy. And right. then turns out. And H girl. even brings that up at one point, And we'll get into that later because that's probably one of the best quotes in the entire movie. Oh, yeah. H talking about. Anyway, we'll get to that eventually. Okay, one of Lloyd's hobbies is trying to decipher a contest that James Halliday created before he died. After his death, a video was sent out telling how he had hidden an Easter egg within the Oasis. There would be three challenges to win, presided over by Halliday's avatar, and Iraq the All-Knowing, each one having a specific key. Whomever gets all three keys and receives the egg would inherit Halliday's personal fortune of $500 billion. And gain total control over the Oasis. Well, many egg hunters named Gunters, no, I'm kidding, Gunters, have teamed up to search. Wade mostly searches on his own. It didn't emphasize really how much, um, how important the control over the Oasis was. Um, So basically, in the book, when he wins the contest, he has the ability to, like, he can basically kill anyone. like immediately in the oasis and uh he also can he restores all of his friends avatars when they're killed by the cataclyst um he he literally just like i mean he didn't snap his fingers but that's what i think about when i think of just like him like he kills like just so fast it's fascinating the book is fascinating and so is the movie i also think um like okay never we can get to that later um where should we start? Uh, their main competition. Okay. Oh, there it is. Their main competition comes from Gregorius Games' main competition, IOI, Innovative Online Industries. Though mostly making their money off of products and other gear to allow one into the Oasis, the company's CEO, Nolan Sorrento, wants to find the egg to increase the amount of influence and money IOI can make from the virtual world. And it was interesting that they never really brought up how popular she was before. Well, and it wasn't just that. Um, It was mostly, like, I put that as the most cheesiest part when he says, it's her. Because, like, (laughs) bro, he changes his whole voice and and it just was like, what? Basically, in the book, he has this humongous cyber crush on her literally the whole entire time. Not even once he moved the Dungeons and Dragons tomb in the first book. Okay, anyway, <laughs> we need to focus mostly on the movie. I'm just well, saying. yeah, I'm just saying that he has had a crush on her for before the race. So that's why he's like really like it's her. <laughs> <laughs> it's really her. It's really her. <laughs> anyway, so then they have this race and I want to talk about this race for a minute because I thought that it was amazing. I thought that Oh, they did it so well. It was a really cool scene because there's like different things that go on there's random challenges that appear like parts of the road will randomly move it reminded me of inception like how sort of the physics of the world was sort of like change and there would be like buildings folding in on each other i thought that was really cool really well done and then there's like this race with donkey kong and uh parzival ends up saving artemis's life moving right along um i i just want to point out i found it really unrealistic his delorean didn't break down during the race. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did i tell you <laughs> okay so then after the first race we go into holiday's memories right because yes. we just can't figure out how to get past the freaking donkey kong um <laughs> i thought there was a bit too much exposition in this scene because the um the curator tells uh he's like You've been here a thousand times before. 
And then he's like explaining the rules of he's like explaining what's going on in the uh, museum to Wade again, even though Wade's been there a thousand times. Yeah, before. I was gonna say, but then and I've had that like thought for a mm. while, but then but then at the end he's like blah 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 and enjoy your stay. Like he says this to just oh. everyone. Like he just says it to everyone. Yeah. And, but then of course at the end you find out that the curator was actually Ogden Marl, so I don't know why he would say that again. Right. Me. Yeah. Anyway, so then we figure out that the 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 answers just go backwards, right? Because yeah, the scenes like he's like. I wish we could go back, uh, backwards, uh, really fast. Mm-hmm. Really put the pedal on that one. Like, it yeah, was, yeah. I also want to say that I thought um, I really liked Holiday's character in this. He's like delightfully awkward the entire He's time. He's so awkward, and yes. it's so good. It's like it feels very human, and I love that this guy who's really awkward is like the reason he created this world. It almost feels like so he can interact with people in a way that, like, they don't see him as this awkward, weird guy. Um, He's like, if you all look under your seats, you'll find nothing. (laughs) (laughs) So then, of course, we go to the race again, and I really, really, really loved the second race. Yeah, he goes backward, and Mm -hmm. then, yeah. And Artemis sees him go backward, and what do you know? Artemis wins. And I love when he gets the X1 boot suit. That was was great. And before that, he's like, you couldn't beat my boys in a boot suit. And then then he gets a boot suit, and the dad starts using it. Oh, my gosh. So good. Um... I, I just want to go back to the race really quick and talk about how cool it was to see the underneath of the race. Uh, it feels like, so like, like we talked about earlier, the metaphor of um, the, like the Oasis being um, this cover for other things. We see that as well in, um, in this, like you can see the underneath and how the ga- the race works in and of itself. I thought that was very cool. Um, like it's like Artemis hiding her birthmark. Right. Mm-hmm. Um so then, of course, we see that IOI has hired IROC, which I still cannot get over his name. Um, oh, I have one of my favorite quotes from that scene, uh, from the scene where he's like, is there a reason we're meeting here or whatever? And, go right ahead. Uh, uh, he's talking to, so he asks, he's like, three times my pay, because Nolan asks him to, oh, this is this is the second scene where they're together. Mm-hmm. Nolan asks him to kill Parsifal. Mm-hmm um because obviously he's number one and then the and then the guy's like or uh, and nolan's like well, how much do you want that's what i like about you sorrento you never lick you bite straight to the chocolatey center of the <laughs> pop. remember that old ad with the owl it's so funny in context and then he's talking about his like neck thing the whole time yeah he's like i got some sort of arthritis in my neck <laughs> <laughs> yes guys this is just quality all around so then um we get the scene where they're trying to figure out what um the second clue or the first clue is about right it's uh the creator who hates his own creation and we find out that it has something to do with uh we find out it has something to do with kira like the leap that he didn't take and asking her to dance and whatnot and so then we get this amazing i loved it. this was easily my mm, I don't want to spoil it for later, but this was my favorite scene in the Distracted Globe when Artemis and Parzival are dancing. Uh, what were your thoughts to on To Staying it? Alive. Right, yeah. That's my favorite scene is when they throw down the thing and they're both dancing to Staying Alive. I thought it was good, but I... Yeah, I liked the scene a lot. I didn't find uh, anything wrong with it. It wasn't my favorite scene, but it was... At the end of the scene, though, there was my cheesiest part. So I feel like the cheesiest part is... At the end, when he's like, "I'm in love with you," and he like tells her after they've danced, and she's like, "That's a terrible idea." And then he tells her her name. My real name's Wade. And then it's like, <laughs> and then like everyone enters, and it just gets 
Ugh. It's okay. I can breathe. Anyway. So then um, what happens next? After the dance. So then the IOI breaks in because they realize it's Wade. So then they figure out the, the second clue. Uh, it has to do with the shining. Yes. They go back to the shining because here's the here's why. So the weekend that Hal Holiday invited Kira over to his house, they took that weekend. They looked at all the movies he watched. The Shining was one of them. Then they were like, "Oh, Stephen King hated the, the Shining movie." Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a hater, uh, uh, someone that hates his own creation. So then they went back to the Shining. There's a lot of keys in the Shining, so they found the key. Then Artemis had to like do a dance to get to. I don't know. It was crazy. Um, hang on one second. I'm gonna pause right here. Okay. Uh, H in the the bathroom with the crazy old lady, which is that was intense yeah i was like oh and then um oh one thing i really liked is as the blood is like coming or the, i don't know whatever it is is the red room yeah it's blood coming out of the the elevator and h is holding on to the um picture of and, and on it is uh holloway and kira it's holiday holiday okay whatever holiday so <laughs> like you can see it tear and it tears between holiday and kira yeah. which i thought was a really nice little scene yeah, and then he was like, I saw a picture. Right. <laughs> and then he knocks all of them down. Great scene. The Shining scene was really well done. So then um, we can just skip ahead, finish the movie up, so that we can then talk about our favorite stuff. Yeah, uh, so we let's get to your favorite scene, which is the scene with the, like, looks like Inception. Okay, so, so like Inception, it's kind of like a dream, but basically what Parzival does, or what H does, actually, he's the mastermind behind all of it, um, they create a room in the video game. They just create a room, and then they... It, it looks exactly like Sorrento's room. Yes, and then... And Sorrento doesn't realize that he's still in the Oasis. So while while Sorrento's about to log out, they somehow... How do they... They, like... Because they know the password, so they hack into his personal... Yeah, they hack into his rig, and then they somehow put him into literally his room, but it's not actually his room, and then and then they, like, point guns at him and are like, tell us what uh bay or whatever artemis is in because artemis has been taken by iy right and so now she's like doing labor so he tells them and then he realizes he's uh he hasn't logged out um because he looks over at his um just like a reflection of something yeah and there's a reflection of parzival and h in the back and so i thought that was really cool wait a sec yeah i really liked that um definitely reminiscent of inception um, I also love the visual of the orb of – how do you say o- The orb of Ostevox. Yeah, Ostevox. Um, I thought that was really cool. I, uh, Parzival gives the big speech about, you know, we have to band together, you know. And so he brings all of the players and the Oasis together, um, and they're all getting ready to fight. And, and then, then he's like – and then he's like – and I know it's a real groaner, but I found love. <laughs> and Sorrento's just like making all his employees like shut it off because it's like it's literally live streaming everywhere, which I found that a little unrealistic. I don't know right, how yeah. he would get it. To- also, I mean, I guess he is Parzival and he is really famous now. But don't you? Does a part of you want to be like, okay, back to my real life? In the Oasis. Well, but m- remember, most of them are like, you see, they're driving by in their van, and then you right. just see a bunch of like, kids <laughs> running, and you realize they're like playing as Halo avatars, and it's awesome. I really like this fight scene. This was a super cool fight scene, and I love that there's like all these different giant mechs and these different, you know, 
people and fighting. somehow his DeLorean still has it broken down, which <laughs> I found unrealistic again. Um, in this, uh, in this uh, scene, I have three things that I wrote down that I loved the visuals of. I love the visual of the orb collapsing whenever Artemis is like she like makes the force field collapse. It like turns into this black. It's like crumbly and black, and it just sort of like collapses in this gorgeous orb shape around. It's so cool. No, what's even funnier though is right before that when Sorrento's like, "So how long do we think this orb will last?" And he's like, <laughs> "I'd say uh, like one or two billion or ten to fifteen billion years." And he's like, "Okay, good." And then like right after that, it's like it collapses, and then yeah, it's that's really funny. Um, I, like I said, I love this fight scene. It's so like action-packed and it never feels like there's a dull moment and i also loved when he uses the rail gun and it shoots through a line of people uh, and then it like cuts to the ioi and then just like a line of people go red i thought that was really cool yeah and then when they're like when they call for the guns it's it's a really great scene because they're just like tossing them to mm-hmm. them and it's, yeah uh, i also liked the visual of um sorrento's in the mech and mm-hmm. or not the mech the uh godzilla mecha godzilla yeah. and Artemis throws the little ball in there and, and then it blows up. That was cool. That was, a, yeah. They did a really good job. So I know most of this film is CGI. Oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. Um, but, and so some scenes, obviously, it felt very CGI. But I also thought there were some scenes that were very, very well done, um, despite the fact that it was made with a computer. And you can't really tell, I'd say. I couldn't tell really that it was CGI. Yeah. It looked pretty realistic. Also, I love that. Uh, I rock like now all of a sudden has a random squid arm. I that cracked me up. I was like, because he loses his arm at one point, and then he just randomly has a squid arm. <laughs> um. Okay, moving on. You know what's really sad though is that he loses all of his stuff. Like, oh my gosh, I ten felt so years, bad for him. Ten, ten years, years worth of, of stuff. Yeah. Um. And then his pile is just like it's massive. a ginormous pile. <laughs> Uh, I don't even know how he has that much money. But like, so in uh, I have a question. In the Oasis, do you not have like an inventory limit? I don't. Well, does it ever tell you? I, yeah, in the book, it, there is because he has to. He puts like a, he has like a extra, like item that lets him take have more, more stuff. stuff. Yeah, because in a lot of video games, you can only pick up a certain amount of things. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, he just has tens, ten years worth. Of crap just, <laughs> inside well of it's money so that's it, also it was, true it was mostly just money and then a bunch of like pots and pans there was were, like, yeah and was you could like... hear it all clanging. <laughs> that was really funny um i also so close to the he was so he was close. almost there i also love that like when he loses his arm it the gold spills out as if it were blood i thought that was a cool little the money the coin that you gain is sort of your life force that yeah. was a cool little yeah oh, i didn't ever put that together that's cool yeah I just thought it was to show how like <laughs> selfish he was. He was like trying to cram it back into his arm. Like <gasps> I loved that. He's like, no, no. <laughs> he's like, I thought you were joking, cause he's about to pull the. So then the you, Parzival gets to the video game. He puts in um, adventure, and he. It, oh well, he has an extra life. Everyone dies, but he has an oh, extra yeah. life. So he, Sorrento lo- like uses the cataclysm bomb, kills yeah. everyone, except for him who has the extra life. And how he has the extra life, basically, he won a bet with the curator earlier in the movie, and the curator, and he just thought he had flicked him a quarter mm-hmm. for the bet, but it was actually, actually, which I found unrealistic that they didn't find it because Artemis was, like, flipping it, like. Yeah, how did you not see it. that? I, I don't know. 
I will say I did actually like this a lot because it felt like an actually subtle thing that we didn't realize was going to come back and be important. And then it did. So I, I thought that was a really good little like homage to what had happened earlier. Yeah. He's playing adventure because adventure was the first video game to ever have an Easter egg in it. Created by Warren Robinette. It was a, it was a real big hit. Warren Robinette hid his name in the game because Atari would not let you put, it wouldn't put who made the game. And actually, I'm pretty sure that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that Steve Jobs at one point in his life worked at Atari. Really? I'm like 99% sure. You guys leave us a uh, notification in the comments if we're wrong. Please let don't just, trash let me us. Let just check the facts real fast. That's the sound of us typing because, yes, he was. Wait, I think. Yeah, he was. Yes, he was. He was a technician. Wow. He dropped out of college. I mean, it was worth it for how well he did. That is crazy, guys. This guy worked at Atari. Then he started one of the most, if not the most successful company. I think they're the... Um... Google. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Apple, guys. Apple. Um, so... Apple, if you want to sponsor us, we are totally in for that. Yes, we will sponsor you. I will be Steve Jobs and Aiden can be... Uh... Atari. Atari. <laughs> Um, so... Apple, if you want to sponsor us, we are totally in for that. Yes, we will sponsor you. I will be Steve Jobs, and Aiden can be, uh... Atari. Atari. <laughs> well, the movie, let's, let's talk about the wins. ending really oh, quick. Because okay. there's, there's a couple things I want to talk about. Um, so he obviously beats Atari. He becomes the new owner of the Oasis, and he talks to the avatar of Hol- Hol- Holloway? Halliday. Halliday. So anyway, I really like how the, the conversation that he has with Halloway. It's, it may not be my favorite scene, but it's definitely up there. I'm Halloway. No, that's enough. <laughs> Shut up. That's it. I'm out. If you, if, I, wait, no, 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 no. This is ridiculous. I can't do this with you anymore. <laughs> Don't worry, I blew into the mic, so it was like we wrestled for a little bit. He wrestled me to the ground, (laughs) broke both of my knees, and then sat me down and is holding me at knife point to record the rest of this podcast. That's right, folks. Ching, ching. That was me clanging my knife. Okay, we need to get back (laughs) on topic. Okay. Okay, so I loved this scene between him and Halliday. I did too. Talking about, uh, because Halliday's talking about Truth versus fiction, reality versus the Oasis, um, which I thought was, I really liked this because I feel like the entire Oasis is like a way for people to hide behind an avatar. You know, Um, we see that with Artemis. We see that with uh, H. And like, we see that so many different times. People can be whatever they want, whoever they want. Um, There's lots of little images of that. Like, whenever he wears the Clark Kent glasses, whenever Artemis wears the, um... Like how H is a guy avatar. Uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's lots of images of that. And then, how, like, Halliday says it so perfectly, and then he's talking about truth versus fiction. And we never really figure out if he's, like, what he is. Because he's not an avatar. He tells him he's not an avatar, but he's also dead. So we yeah. don't exactly know what it is. And I love that it's left ambiguous at the end of the movie. Yeah, and I also think that uh, he didn't emphasize how much uh, 
the real world matters. Like he just says, but in the end, the real world is the only place where you can get a decent meal, mm-hmm. which is like, I I mean, yeah, true. But like <laughs> in the book, he does a lot more uh, job of just explaining like the truth. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I love that he said something so commonplace as it's the only place you can get a de- decent meal. Oh, I guess we, I guess we uh, are very separate <laughs> on that. I, I really liked this because it felt like, because I haven't read the book, first of all. I, I think I would agree with you more had I read the book. But I liked this because it felt like something so simple that it was, like, so simple that it was so profound. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's just true. And, like, it's just something that you can believe because, the, yeah, the world is the only real place you can get a good meal. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, I agree, but then I also disagree. We have our... Yeah, and I think that's what this podcast is about, where we can bring our, our, our differing opinions on on what we think. So, yeah, basically he wins, and then there's the final, in one of the ending scenes. Nolan is getting into the police car, then his, uh, what's his, her face, gets in, too, and he's like, uh, what, wait, what is her name? I don't remember, but there was some strong tension between them. I was like, I kept waiting for them to, like, kiss at one point, And yeah, there was... I, yeah. And it, it just led to nowhere. And I, that could just be me. What did you think about that? Um. Well, I... Yeah, I, I thought they were going to kiss sometime, mm-hmm. too. But then they didn't. And I was really sad. But... Because um, I thought that'd be, like, a fun bad guy romance, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Whatever her name was, he's like, whatever your name is, uh, listen to me very carefully. And then she just, like turns around and punches him like oh. in handcuffs i might add like yeah. that's hard to do yeah and it must not have that i've been in handcuffs I mean... <laughs> so then of course the movie ends with him saying that he'll shut down the oasis on tuesdays and thursdays yeah. because reality is the only real place you can get a decent meal or whatever but like he like talks about how he shuts it down because people need to spend more time in reality and he's sitting with artemis who's a beautiful girl not all of us have cute girlfriends and they're kissing my dyad. Hey, come back! Come back! I'm gonna have to wrestle him. Well, after I wrestled him, he left the room still, so I'm just sitting here recording podcast. Yeah, my car's out of gas. <laughs> Maybe you should go to the back to skip the car. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also noticed that um, despite the fact that King, it's... Tw- King. <laughs> <laughs> despite the fact that it's 2045, they still have an old old bag of doritos like it's they like do. Mm-hmm. it's when you, so it's uh right as they ask for h to give them a statement you see in like the left of her truck there's this old bag of doritos it looks like a bag from the 80s it's like white and orange and i i, I like that because it felt like a cool homage to the 80s which is where a lot of this feels like it should be set you know because you know atari um, and all these different things. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I agree. I didn't see the Doritos, but that sounds cool. And then she could actually be a 300-pound dude who lives in his mama's basement in suburban Detroit. And her name is Chuck. Think about that. <laughs> I love that her voice is so deep as she's saying it. And his name's Chuck. <laughs> yeah. And it literally, she's like kind of talking about herself, but yeah. in, in a different sense. Because, she, well, in a vice versa, I mean, she's not 300 pounds also, but... She is, she is a guy in the Oasis, but she's actually a girl. And Parsifal mm-hmm. doesn't know this. And he gets kind of like, in the book, he gets kind of like ashamed because he's told her so many things about like, but, but, um, so then, uh, then the quote, and then voila, which is French for, and then I found out. <laughs> also a quote from I Rock. Oh my gosh. Okay. Now your favorite quotes. 
Okay, so my favorite quotes, um, you said a lot of them. I really love the one about Chuck. That's, that's so funny, uh, the deep voice. I think my favorite quote has to come from Halliday himself at the end when he's talking about truth and, um, and reality. He talks about in the end, reality is the only real place that you can get a decent meal. And I've, I've already talked about loving that and why I love that. But it's just so profound and so simple that it's just, yeah, I, I just really thought it was really good. Um, Shall we go to cheesiest quotes? Cheesiest, uh, cheesiest quotes, cheesiest scene. Uh, when obviously mine, I already said it. When Parzival looks over, sees Artemis, and he's like, "H, are you seeing this?" And then he's like, "It's her. It's definitely her." And it was just like a change in voice, and I, I just like almost died. I was like, <laughs> "Okay, we're done. This movie, no, okay." Um, my cheesiest. Uh, it was also the one I thought was the most like, duh. Um. <laughs> But not in not like from the audience to the movie to the from the movie to the audience. Like I felt like they were like patronizing me. So he tells he like figure, figures out that his DeLorean is low on um, gas in his first race, right? And then he's like, then H is like, I saved you a spot up front, and he's like, Yeah, well, I'm low on gas, so I got to go to the back. And then H says. Uh, oh, so you can skim coins from crashed cars? It's like, yeah, it's like, bruh. <laughs> obviously. I had that thought as well, but I was like, well, I mean, it's not too far in the movie. So right, maybe... yeah. So, like, and we're still figuring out the rules of the universe, but, like, that was, so that was really the only thing that I was like, really? Yeah, why would you tell that to yeah, him? Yeah, like, he, he knows that. He He's done knows. this race before. <laughs> I think his car is always low on gas because. It's like, a DeLorean. Yeah. <laughs> and also because he doesn't, he's like too scared to, as Artemis has, lose his stuff. Mm-hmm. It's the clean version. Um, we should just randomly bleep out stuff in the podcast. <laughs> you would do favorite scenes? All time favorite parts, guys. Um, So obviously the first scene with Iraq, a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Then the scene that's like Inception. Those are my two favorite parts. Yours? My two favorite scenes are the scenes where they're dancing to Staying Alive. Um, oh, yes. And the uh, attic scene with Halloway. Yeah, the attic scene was really interesting, and that his that his, the boy also was not an avatar, mm-hmm. which who like maybe Halliday's not actually dead, even though he says he's dead. But the boy, like, yeah, I'm interested to see how the second book plays with that. Yeah, it will. The second book might not even say anything about it since they're really not related. Because that scene was definitely not... (laughs) That was awkward. (laughs) Okay, guys, and those were the favorite parts. Now we are on to one of the last questions before we read our email. Philosophical question. I don't have any, so... This week, I think what we should do is we should trade off weeks. Okay. So this week, I have, of course, the philosophical question. And this comes from right after the IOI breaks into the distracted globe. And uh, Artemis is talking about how you don't... Like, how the real world world is dangerous, you know? And, like, you don't tell stuff so she talks about her dad getting sick and he he like gambles away all their money trying to solve the puzzles right uh and so that made me think like whose fault is it that her dad gambled away all the money is it the ioi or is it halloway who created the oasis because the oasis is where halloway left the clues it's where halloway left his challenge right so is the ioi to blame obviously they've done some bad things no one's denying that and i'm like um you know the the head guy is terrible. Sorrento's awful, um, but he built up debt because of the Oasis, and the IOI was just doing their job in collecting the debt that they were owed. So, what do you think about that? So, is it, so so the real question is, let's just put this into perspective. Is mm-hmm. the real the real question is, is Apple bad 
are the apps no. <laughs> bad or are the users bad? Yeah, okay. That's a good metaphor. Uh, I think we just Apple lost our Apple sponsorship. Or, well, okay, but um, Android. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm and, kidding. Okay. Is Apple bad? Is Apple apps bad? Or not Apple apps. These are apps created by other right. people. So are the apps bad or are the users bad? Yeah. I think that IOI is either the users or the apps. Mm-hmm. I know they they kind of wanted to become Apple. They definitely wanted to become Apple. But they were stuck in this two position until they could, until they won, which they didn't. Yeah. So what do you think? I think that, I think that IOI is an enabler, right? Because they're not saying like, okay, guys, we just really need to get done with this. So I think that's a problem. But I also think that it's the people in the game, or it's the people in the Oasis who are using the Oasis that gambled their lives away. You know, because that's what um, that's what uh, his aunt's boyfriend does, right? Um, that's what apparently Artemis's dad does. So I think that the people are at fault. And while IOI is not perfect, they're um, they're secondary in in this fault. What about you? Yeah, um, I don't know. See, I, I don't think that Halliday was a bad person mm-hmm. um and i think that he created this thing that helped a bunch of people um especially like in the book that's how wade learned to do all of his things because he didn't have like a school he, yeah as, he learned how to like uh read and do all this stuff from the oasis and the oasis was like it was so many things that you could do. Um, his neighbor, the the woman, mm-hmm. uh, actually like went to the mega churches in the Oasis in the book. Uh. Uh, and the book is really atheist. Um, hmm. um, like in the first chapter, there's like this whole page on how like God is not real. And <laughs> it was like, it was like this really weird page. Um, well, guys, I regret to inform you. <laughs> The peanut gallery, as I always say, that the content after this has been deleted. Unfortunately, it deleted itself. I'll, I'll wait. It deleted itself about three hours before the episode was set to go out. How? Well, ask Aiden's computer. When? <laughs> well, I'll wait. Oh, okay, so, keep going. Okay, well, well, I was on a call with him. Why? Because the world hates our guts. Guts with a Z, to be exact. Now we sit in somber silence, silhouetting the syllabus set before us. Wow, I just alliterated. Lewis, get back on track, son. Now, let us fade out and then come back. Okay. We're back. Hey guys, this is the Cinnamon A, whatever you say, podcast. Cinemaniacs, we both know this. Okay, it was one, one, one spelling mistake. One? What'd you just say? It's one spelling mistake, buddy. Well, it wasn't my fault. Okay, sorry. I just got the mic situated. Wow, that was lots of noises. Okay, okay. Hang let's on, start I'm out. out. I'm going to start at Warback. Okay, hang on one second. Hey, Bennett, I am re recording, so. We're all done. Yeah, stay out. Okay, start at we're back. We're back. Hey guys, we are back. Um, how you doing, Lewis? Quite frankly, I'm a little sad. Yeah, me too, buddy. 
So for all of you guys who did not listen to our uh, intro, we, uh, for some reason, the computer we were using to edit the episode deleted itself about three hours before it was set to go out. So in a frantic uh, rush of trying to fix everything, Lewis and I are now going to re-record and edit the last part right now. I've had three cups of coffee already. Yeah, it's been rough. I've just been injecting caffeine straight into my, my bloodstream through an IV. What what is that what is that movie or like there's like that coffee scene in that movie she's like oh my gosh oh my <laughs> that gosh. coffee scene in that movie oh my gosh well she has like all these patches on her arm and she's like oh it's in Mika Robinson she goes uh, she's like uh, each patch is the equivalent of twelve cups of coffee <laughs> you could go you could wake up for days without any side effects and then she's like screams really loud. <laughs> can go in the bloops. bloops. So, uh, bloops. I think... <laughs> so, uh, let's do some ratings. What were your over- what were what are your overall thoughts about Ready Player 1? Ready Player 1 was the snazziest schnaz I've ever seen. And I am of course quoting a review for our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Remember you can go there um, to find our uh, podcast. Um, okay, that was off topic. Please leave a rating and a review. Bloops. Um, I okay. would rate it a forty-eight and three fourths. What is it with you in the weird, weird little extra bits that you're? Ugh, it's fine. Okay. What is so it with I... you in the back talk, son? <laughs> it's too early for this. So. I very much enjoyed this movie. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was heartfelt. I thought it was sincere. I thought the CGI, for the most part, was really great. I thought the acting, for the most part, was really great. Um, I thought it was a really great movie. Um, I will give it a 40 out of 50 Brad Pitts. 40 out of 50? How dare you? What? That's that is a that is a decent that is a reasonable that is a good score. You know what's a good score? A fifty out of fifty. No, the music in Ready Player One. And that's that's true. Actually, the soundtrack was really well. That's a, it's a really well done soundtrack. Yeah. You want to bump up your rating a little bit? No, I think I'm going to keep it where it is. I feel confident in my own rating. <sighs> I tried. <laughs> All right, so time for our weekly math quiz. Uh, let us see what our total score is. So you had 48 and three-fourths, and I had yes. uh, 40 and three-fourths, so I think. 97 uh, and a half? I, I don't think it's 97 and a half, is it? Um, I, is I it like... Wait, okay, so, hang 40, on. so 48 plus 40 is... Hang on, hang on. So 40... Eight plus forty is Are you eighty-eight. Using your computer for this? It is eighty-eight and three fourths. That is the score that we have for for Ready Player One. That's a that's a very good score. What did you wait? What did you say? It was eighty-eight and three fourths. Oh, okay, that hey, I think it was better than Mega Mind. I, I do too. I think by by just a little bit of a fraction, but I think it was indeed better than Megamind. By fraction in a metaphorical and literal term. 
Very much so. All right. Well, that does it for uh, our movie this week. Shall we get into some of the bonus content, like uh, the email we got and whatnot? Yeah, I think I think we should get into the email we got. It was a quite the all right. uh, quite the lovely email. It was. It very much was. So, everyone, we got our very first listener email. It was from uh, listener BB Sprinkles. Thank you, BB. Shout out to you. We do not um, disclose the names just in case we would get sued later down on the road. Right. So, or sorry, unless you don't want us to use your name, tell us. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So they say, uh, hi there, this is BB Sprinkles. Uh, could you please do an episode over Jojo Rabbit? It's my favorite movie of all time. Love the podcast and keep up the good work. Sincerely, BB Sprinkles. That's right. And then, and, it, and then there's a Stranger Things quote down below, which just really sets the vibe. I think we got to clap them out for that, right? Clap them out. Good, excellent choice. So uh, he was wondering, or she, uh, they were wondering uh, if they could please do an episode over Jojo Rabbit. Lewis, have you seen Jojo Rabbit? Uh, I can't say I have. You definitely should. I think we should do this movie. It is a brilliant movie. It's so good. It is so, is it so good. Is about a rabbit named Jojo? Actually, no. Crap. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're definitely not doing it now. You got really into the uh, rabbit idea. IMDb come in clutch. <laughs> Bro, we should just buy an IMDb uh, subscription. I think. I think we should. <laughs> hey, Jojo Rabbit is available on Hulu with the premium subscription. Ayo. Ayo. Except the premium subscription is terrible. You have to buy some other stuff. It's stinky. That's that's not great. Pardon my French. All right. So shall we do some show- socials? Socials, guys. Socials. Yes, we you should do start? the socials. You want me to uh, do the socials? Yeah, you can do it. All right. Well, everyone, uh, if you want to get in contact with us, the best way... The absolute best way is to contact us on our Instagram, the.cinemaniacs.pod. But just give us a follow, give us a like, um, DM us. That, like I said, that's, our, that's the best way to get in contact with us. You can send us movie suggestions, your thoughts on our thoughts, your thoughts on the movies themselves. Um, another great way to get in contact with us is our email, cinemaniacspodcast at gmail.com. We, sh- uh, we gave that answer. Uh, we gave how to spell that at the beginning because... Uh, your host is kind of stupid when it comes to spelling. Uh, we have a website, guys. Our website is up and running. Created uh, by me. It was indeed created by Lewis. Very well done, Lewis. Uh, there you can find links to our uh, episodes. You can find descriptions of the episodes. Uh, you can and- literally, yeah, you can listen to them literally there. Like yeah. on the, yeah. Um, and you I- can even see the episodes that we have yet to release. So it's a bit of a uh, preview. Um, yes. You you can also see lovely pictures of uh, of your hosts and your um, your social media lady. <laughs> it's 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 very good. Um, we look exactly like those pictures. Uh, so definitely go go give us a look. Leave us. Um, you can uh, get into contact with us right there on our website. Um, so definitely give that a look. Yeah, you said it all except the URL. Guys, this is oh www.thecinemaniacspod.wordpress.com, and we are trying to get that WordPress out of the way. You know, how you can support us to get that WordPress out of the way, to get better recording equipment, mics, which is better recording equipment, all the things. <laughs> Go to our anchor and click a dollar a month, click $5 a month, click $10 a month. Who would want to donate $10 a month? That's crazy, especially for us. 
how spectacular we are, we are but, you know, $10 is intense. I mean, hey. Also, guys, I just want to point out that none of the money that we make from donations are going to go back to ourselves. It's going to go to improving the podcast. So if you really love the show, feel free to contribute to it and uh, we will make it better. We will. And we're going to obviously put some money to um, charities. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We were talking about this uh, earlier today, actually. We want to give a a portion of our – of our earnings back to a charity um at least at least 15 percent, if not more yeah absolutely absolutely um and so yeah that's just a really great way to support us look we just love doing this just to do it so much um it's so much fun before right before we go i just want to say quick shout out to uh you guys for listening uh the first episode has done so so well um and it's all because of you guys so thank you very much from the bottom of our hearts Six percent lessons from Canada, like yeah. What? Shout out to you, listeners in Canada. Thank you very much. That is send literally the coolest thing message. I've ever seen. Yes, please send us a voice message. <laughs> um, sincerely, guys, thank you all for listening. It means the world to us. Uh, we don't cliche be... it. Don't cliche it. Come okay, on. fine, fine. It fine. means it, it means mean uh, anything to us. It means like a plant growing, <laughs> thrivingly. Anyway, That's what it means to us. Okay, uh, I'm just going to cliche it with a simple thank you guys very much. Uh, We'll see you next week. For the Cinemaniacs, I'm Aiden. And I'm Lewis. Peace out, guys.